Hello and welcome to Master Your Coaching Biz, a podcast for rising coaches and entrepreneurs who want to design the life of their dreams and make a massive impact on the world while building an inspired, successful, and profitable business. I'm your host, Cheryl Thacker, Master Board Certified Coach, trainer, ICF Mentor Coach, international speaker, and founder of Successful Coaches Enterprise. I believe that every coach has a unique gift to present to the world, and I'm humbled that I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of coaches and entrepreneurs on their journey to mastering their business. Join me each week as we explore all things coaching to master your business with tools, techniques, and strategies to create and market your products, get visible, make an impact, and grow your business. Listen in on interviews with leading coaches and entrepreneurs sharing their stories and best tips to teach, inspire, and empower you. Observe coaching sessions, participate in Q&A, and learn how to master your mindset to enhance your coaching skills. Are you ready to build the life and business of your dreams while doing what you love? Let's get started. Hey guys, I'm so excited today. Welcome to today's episode. We have with us coach and author MK Williams, and she is the owner of MK Williams Publishing. And I think we're going to have a really good conversation today. So welcome, MK. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about about yourself. So um, as you said, I'm an author. Uh, So I write books and I self-publish them. And I actually help other authors do the same. Um, And it all kind of stemmed from once I had my first two books out, um, people started to ask me questions. And sometimes it was, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. How'd you do that? Or, oh, my cousin's brother's best friend wants to write a book. Can you answer their questions? And I was so happy to do that because when I started, I didn't know what to do. I had to learn it all through Google and trial and error and making mistakes and learning from them. So I wanted to help people. But then I lost my very precious book writing time (laughs) to answering these questions. So kind of out of necessity, I I started to just record videos and put them up on YouTube so I could answer Mm. people's questions. I still felt like I was giving them more of my personality than just an email. Um, And that very quickly turned into a business of me helping people self-publish their books. It it was a good thing. Um, I'm always trying to claw back time to write my own books, but uh, really excited to be able to help so many authors realize their dreams. Yeah. So, um, so you became a coach afterwards to coach people on their books or were you a coach originally? Okay. So, yeah. So I, it kind of started with a good friend of mine. Um, two of them started a podcast. It took off. Like all of a sudden I was like, Oh, of course I'll listen to your podcast. I'm like, I'll give it a like and all the things. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, you're like internet famous. Like, how did that happen? Um, and they had somebody approach them to help them turn their podcast interviews into a book. Um, and they're like, yeah, that's great. And then they came to me and said, can you just make this happen? Because we don't know what we're doing and we don't have time because we have a successful podcast. And so that they effectively became my first client in helping coach them through the process. And I wanted them to learn what to do so that for subsequent books, they could do it themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And then they had podcaster friends who reached out. Oh, can you help me? Can you help me? And suddenly I was like, oh, I need to like say I'm a coach and that I, I do this and like formalize what I do. So um, it was a very natural organic growth, which was good. I think if I set out to say, I'm going to coach people, I would have been too intimidated. Um, mm. I think naturally stepping into it and realizing like, oh, like there is a business here. People need help and I can help them do it. Um, gave me the confidence to say that's what I was doing. Because otherwise I would have been like, who, me? Yeah. That's a big thing with new coaches, you know, just being having the confidence and uh, being able to talk about working with people and talking about pricing and um, and packaging and 
Um, I, I just finished, I do a free training every eight weeks about on packaging and pricing your services. And that's a lot of what I get from, from the newer coaches. It's like, who am I <laughs> to, to ask for the money? Who am I to say, you know, I'm a coach? So I think that's great that, um, you know, that it, it is organically created when it can be. Of course, it's not always that way. So, <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit, you know, how you, so you, you got comfortable kind of easing into it that way. How did you kind of look at pricing your services as, as a coach? Oh, I undersold myself for way too long. I, yeah. I, the same thing. I was so nervous to ask for the money to put a value on my time. Um, and I think also coming from having self-published and knowing, okay, it's expensive. There's so many things that authors that we can spend money on from book covers to editing to marketing. And wanting to make sure whatever service I offered was affordable for self-publishing authors to feel like they're not giving up their life savings just to get one book out, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I undersold myself for a while. I would have a consult with somebody and then I would send them the invoice and then surprise, surprise, and people just ghosted. Um, mm-hmm. So I very quickly learned, nope, payment up front. I had a model for a while where I would do a free one-hour consult. And then from there, I would say, okay, like if we're going to book a package, here's the package price. And then I quickly realized I would have people who would just show up 30 minutes late, like, oh, we still have a full hour? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you missed ha- half of the hour session. So over time, I, I learned how to put the value on there. I had several clients who told me like, you did not charge me enough. I am going to pay you a bonus because they felt that I gave them value. And that actually gave me more confidence to say, okay, like if my ideal client is podcasters and business owners who are looking to get a book out to complement their existing content, then they have money to invest in a professional to help them. And therefore, I should be charging them rates. And also knowing I was still providing free content on YouTube and books that were telling people, I was like, I have something for every budget. So if somebody wants my time that I cannot get back, it, it's going to be X. It took me two full years to finally get to that confident state of, nope, no free one-hour consults. Like My time is my time. Here's what it is. If it's on your budget, here's some other options. And it really helped me step into a better balance with my time. Because before I was like, well, if I'm only charging this small amount for every consult, I need to have all the time. I need to be booked up all the time. And now I'm like, a handful a month is great. Um, <laughs> works for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that balance thing. We don't really know too much about it at the beginning, but definitely important. And, and you know, they say that entrepreneurs are the only people that will quit a nine to five job to work 80 hours a week in their own business. And Absolutely. Yeah. We can't, we really can't do it. We have to stop this trend of doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think learning and growing helps me. I, I, I'm grateful that day one, I wasn't out of my current pricing because I think people have been like, you've worked with like two people. Um, now I, I have the confidence of like, I've worked with all these people. So yeah up to you so so tell me how did you so you had you first started with kind of people you knew but how did you continue to grow and and get clients so i had a lot of word of mouth referrals at first um which was very helpful um in that okay i worked with somebody they liked working with me so they had a friend said oh i'm trying to get a book out oh you should talk to mk and so they were almost in a way like pre-vetting people for me like okay if you're serious about this yeah talk to mk and then in a way i was like okay like you're coming to me, you already know the services I provided someone, I don't have to do a hard sell to you of what I can provide. Like you're friends with this person, you saw their book come out, you you heard them say good things about me. So it was a very nice organic cycle. So that was very helpful to not have to go and put out ads for 
lead generation and things like that, where it's almost this like word of mouth referral has continued to work for me. Um, I have had some clients find me through my YouTube channel, which is also a great way to almost like pre vet. It's like, okay, if there are questions that I'm not answering on my YouTube channel, then come to me. But if it's a question I can answer there, there you go. You don't have to pay for a full hour. You can watch my 15-minute video. Um, and also, they were starting to build a trust and rapport with me through my videos. So by the time we talk, you know, I'll get on a phone and somebody will be like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've known you forever. You know, I've already done my homework with all the things you said. And our conversations are much more strategic and beneficial instead of me laying this foundational groundwork of, okay, well, this is this system. This is this system. Um, so it's been a really great way to have better high quality conversations um, for both myself and for my clients than if it was just this blind like, hey, I filled out your form and I signed up. Who are you? Um, so I I kind of stumbled into that. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, it's a good thing I started that YouTube channel like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So um, and you know, there's lots of different ways to do that. YouTube, you can do Facebook lives, you can do trainings, you know, and just put them on your website. Like there's a ton of different ways to to kind of do something like that. So that I love that because um, content is really how we start to build up that rapport, trust and intimacy. And we have to have it somewhere in some form. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I love that. And I think YouTube is a underused asset in the coaching community. I think, I don't know why, but we just tend to not go to YouTube. Like I have all my trading videos are on, are on YouTube, but they're not like visible on my channel. So even mm-hmm. for me, like I don't have, I don't use it in that way. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think it's underused. Um, so curious. So if, if uh, a coach, so sometimes coaches do books just to kind of, you know, increase their authority or um, get more exposure. So if they wanted to get started in, um, you know, writing a book and self-publishing it, what, what would be kind of first step for them? Yeah, I always say the first step is to define the goal. So is the goal of the book to drive more leads, right? So people are going to read the book. At the end of the book, they're going to see visit my website and they're going to feel like, wow, this was so helpful. I need to talk to this person for more personalized detail than could be done in this book. Then I would say, okay, well then you're the way you approach the book is going to be very different than somebody who says, I need this book to bring in X dollars per year of of revenue for my business to have just another um, varied business lines coming in. Right. And so, or they might say, well, I have this course that's selling like gangbusters, but I have people in the course asking for a workbook. So my goal is that the workbook needs to, needs to help them. So that way they're having a good experience. So the decisions that you make in terms of what you're going to budget for the book, how much you're going to charge for the book, where you're going to sell the book, is all going to flow from those initial goals. Now, the goal could be, I want it to drive more sales. And oh, yeah, if it made me some money, that's great. But the primary goal, if it's to bring in more leads, is okay, that's the primary goal. And secondary is, if it brings in more money to the business from book sales, great. Um, But you're more looking at the ROI than against, well, how many new people signed up and, and reached out to me. Um, I have a friend who's a coach and he keeps his uh, book free permanently because he says, I want people to read the book. It's got great ratings and reviews. And at the end, I know so many percentage of people are going to reach out to sign up for my coaching or my mastermind. So he's like, I, he's like, I don't care about the pennies I'm going to make off of Amazon self-publishing. I care about the longer term membership. 
some people yeah. say no, like I, I need it to at least cover the costs and then I'll I'll reduce the price. Some say I'll sell it at cost because it's just the workbook for my course. Um, I just want people to have the resource. So it really all depends on that ultimate goal. The goal can also be I want to be a best-selling author and I want to put that ego badge on my <laughs> Yeah. Um, email signatures and that's totally fine. That can that could be your goal. Um, but again, the, then what you do is you would probably go more the traditional publishing route and getting the agent who has the connections to get you on the bestseller list and 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 promotions and things like that. So I always say start with the goal because that's going to help all the decisions. Okay. And then what what is the um like an average cost to self-publish a book? So really I have not seen an average even amongst the clients that I work with. Because it's all over the place. Some clients I work with are much more budget conscious. This is a hobby that they're hoping daydreams, you know, turns into a big thing. And so they're trying to be more lean and maybe spending a couple hundred dollars on the formatting, a couple hundred dollars on the book cover. Um, they're working with editors, but they're first trying to contact every person they know who's ever corrected their grammar in a text message or email and say, can you please read this first and, and fix this for me before I, I pay a professional to edit it? And so they're trying to be very lean with it. And they're they're trying to keep their budget within like $500 to $1,000 after all the design, all the formatting, ISBNs, a little bit of marketing. I've worked with some authors who said, I paid a ghostwriter $20,000 to write this book. And now I'm willing to pay a designer $4,000 to do everything. And I'm just like, that sounds great. I'm glad that you have that budget. Um, yeah. And you know, you get to work with uh, people who have a bit more design experience and you're like, oh, that looks really good. Um, sometimes though, I don't see a design difference, distinguishable. Um, but I, it is interesting just to see there are some authors, no expenses spared. And there are some authors who are very lean um, and they can still both put out a great quality product. Um, so I always say that it's really hard to pinpoint an average cost yeah. because each author, each person comes into it with their own budget, their own scarcity mindset, as far as how much they can spend. Okay. So, but it is possible to do it at like a thousand dollar range. Absolutely. You got to get a little scrappy, a little creative, but yes, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. And then um, about how long would you say when you work with somebody? Well, how long do you work with them? Let's start there. Yeah. So I used to offer a full one-year package. 12 months to 14 months um, of, hey, we're going to start with this premise. You're going to write the book. We're going to go through the editing processes. And that was really the main package that I had. And then I did realize some people would come to me, no, the book is done. I just need design format and get it out. You make it happen. Um, so that was maybe like a, a three to four month package that I offered. Um, now I, I don't really take on the long-term clients anymore because... Anything and everything can happen in a year with a person, right? They can have marriages, divorces, illnesses, traveling, their business changes. Um, and so now I, I do one-hour consults. Um, people will book for several months out. Um, but usually I say from the first idea to holding the book in your hand, plan for a year. I know there's some gurus out there that'll say, you can write a bestseller in 30 days. <laughs> it might not stay at the bestseller list very long when people finally read it. So I always tell people, you know, there's a speed of light and there's a speed of sound. And then there's way down the line, the speed of books. They take time, um, even for, you know, a nonfiction book where you think, well, this is my bread and butter. This is, you know, my coaching. I talk about this day in, day out. It still takes time to put all those thoughts down, go through editing, let it just sit. Because sometimes just sitting for two weeks, you think, oh, I almost would have put the book out without this major chapter of like this huge explanation that needed to be in there. You know, it takes time to get all that through there. Working with designers, you know, they've got other people. So it takes sometimes six weeks um, to get the design finalized. So I always say plan for a year. And then if you get it done sooner, great. It'll probably take you. Okay. 
Um, and so when you work with them, you're helping them with, with editing and designing and marketing or what's, what are, what is the functions that you help them with? Yeah. So I act as more of the strategy planner, um, and project manager. Um, so we're going to go over what their book strategy is, what their goals are, what they want the end outcome to be. And then I'll say, okay, so this is the path you want to take. These are the platforms you're going to upload your book to so that the book shows up on these retailers. This is the editor who works within your genre that I've worked with, go connect with them. If not, here's some other resources where you can find other editors. So I'm kind of helping put the right resources in front of them at the time they need it and kind of showing them like the next step forward. Just saying, push this button here, pull this lever right now. Okay, Mm -hmm. now do this Um, and managing that timeline for them so that it doesn't feel like this overwhelming mess of decisions to be made. It's like, well, right now we're just going to focus on this decision. And while the editor has the book, we're going to look ahead and book our designer because that's going to be the next phase. And so helping them piece by piece so that when they get to the finish line, they're like, that wasn't, that wasn't so bad. Um, <laughs> so kind of, I think of that like riverboat captains, like, you know, you know, your little passage of, of the river. So I kind of getting them to each way station. All right. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> and then, okay. So, so now somebody says, okay, you know, I, I know what I want to write about. I know who I want to reach with it. I've started putting it together. I have, you know, a table of contents. Or maybe they don't even have a table of contents. Maybe they need to create a table of contents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What would be a a tip for like structurally for getting the book started? Yeah, I would say in that case where you're saying the table of contents, that kind of feeds into an outline. So for some authors, they need an outline in place before they can write one word. That's their process. They want to know the full thing. And I would say, yes, do your outline. Your outline is going to help the rest of the book flow. And that's, um, I think, the best process for nonfiction where you're trying to coach someone, teach someone, you need to know what steps you're going to walk them through because you're going to say, here's what I'm going to teach you. Here's the things I'm teaching you. Okay. Here's what I taught you and and a recap and making sure you can apply it with fiction. Sometimes it's an outline. You need to know every single story beat before you write it. And sometimes you just need to get in there and get your hands messy and get to know your characters and think, okay, yeah, so this is what's going to happen. And then, okay, now I can really refine this outline over here. So I know what I need to write on any given day, what what's still missing. Um, so I do try to get a feel from the author of what they need. Some authors need me to hold their hand and say, hey, did you write X many words that you said you were going to write today? Did you do that? Did, did you push this button? Did you do the thing? I, and some just need me to be like, hey, cool. Like, if you want me to handle it for you, I can do it for you. Like, um, So I do try to get a feel from each person I work with what they need, um, especially for the business owners I've worked with, with their, their planning conferences, they're planning updates to their course, they're planning all these other things. I'm like, have your assistant reach out to me and send me the login that I need. And I'm just going to do this for you. Um, so figuring that out each step of the way, but I do think just getting started writing the book, um, listen to, to your gut of, I need an outline or I just need to start writing and, and get my hands dirty. Um, there's a really great quote and I forget who said it, but you can, you can edit a messy page, but you can't edit a blank page. So you've got to get something down. I love that. That's absolutely true. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. So that sounds good. Good um, tips there. So what, um, tell me, let's get kind of get back to you personally in your coaching business. Um, how has your uh, coaching evolved over time um, from that kind of first uh let me just help people to where it is now. You kind of said a couple of different things, but what is it specifically? 
Yeah. So now I offer one hour consults. And so I try to vary it based on first time self-publishing authors. I need help. I, I know I want to do it. I kind of know some of the, the lingo and the jargon, but I don't know what to do. Like, what, what do I do? How do I make the book happen? And so I offer consults for those authors. I also offer author business consults. So for authors, I have my first book out. I'm working on the second book. You know, I know there's more I could be doing. How could I be maximizing the IP for this book? How could I be reaching more readers? And so talking with authors who've already gone through the process, but now they're like, well, well now what do I do? The book's out there. Why, why aren't people buying it? What do I need to do? And then I also offer side-by-side upload, uh, hand-holding consults is what I call them. Um, because I, I always start from the point, I want authors to feel empowered to be able to, for the next book, do this by themselves, or if they have to do any updates that they could do it themselves. So it's like, okay, let me show you what you need to press. Let me show you where this question here is a little tricky. And what it really means is this. So don't check that box unless you want XYZ. And so I I find that that's a better way where I still really enjoy the conversations. I'm able to help somebody in that moment, but I'm not necessarily committed to a year of my life with a person handling the book because I felt that that was a little stressful. And now that I do have a toddler, like she naps now. (laughs) next week, next month, she might decide not to. Um, And that would very much impact my ability to help people. So I find um, the one hour consults kind of meet my needs and still meet the needs of the authors that are out there. One thing I wanted to ask was when you looked at the the word of mouth marketing, so that's really important, I think. Mm -hmm. But you know, new coaches, they don't have typically the experience to get the word of mouth marketing. So what would be something that uh, you would recommend to somebody you know, just getting started, um, you know, even with, because uh, a lot of coaches will use their books for their coaching business. Mm-hmm. So what could be something that they could do marketing wise to kind of bridge that that gap to get out there when they don't have the word of mouth? Mm-hmm. So th- I think there's two things I could do. One, I did a post um, coaching survey, especially for my longer term clients that I had a couple years ago, I sent them a survey of please honestly rate, you know, my communication, um, timing on things, project management, all these things. So I can grow and improve it. At the end, I said, would you like to provide a testimonial? And usually that got me content for my website, but then also I prompted them to, without me asking them to post that elsewhere to tell people. So that was very helpful where somebody who may not have thought of, Oh, Hey, I should tell so-and-so, um, about MK and her business was like, Oh, well, yeah, let me help her out. So kind of almost prompting people to do word of mouth. And the second was once I decided I was going to go full time as an author and also build this coaching business, I joined so many Facebook groups um, about entrepreneurship, about creative entrepreneurship, things like that, because I was, I was looking to connect with other people. I was like, I'm going to go from having coworkers having no coworkers. So like I need to find coworkers online. Um, and so I I found a few groups that I genuinely enjoyed being in um, where I was connecting with people. And every once in a while, somebody would post, yeah, I'm looking to write a book. And I'd be like, hey, like, that's what I do. Check out my YouTube channel. Um, I also offer consults. And eventually other people in the group just started to tag me on this post. Like, hey, MK, like, this is, this is you. So it was super helpful. I joined the Rising Tide Society, um, which specifically looks to help creative entrepreneurs. And I was like, I'm an author, I'm a creative entrepreneur, and I help creative entrepreneurs. So that was really beneficial. And I'm definitely introverted, the kind of stereotypical author who just <laughs> be alone. Um, so I, I definitely stepped out of my comfort zone in that regard. But I, I think it was really beneficial to kind of make friends in my local area who would become my coworkers. Um, and also then starting to say like, oh, well, you're the only person in our group who does book coaching. Like, I know anybody needs a book. I'm going to tell them about you. So uh, kind of putting yourself out there and networking um, and not the schmoozy networking, but just like genuinely show up to get to know people. Um, and then, 
you'll be able to have those conversations. And before you know it, they'll be thinking of you and doing that word of mouth for you without even realizing it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Okay, there's lots of great tips in our conversation today. So thank you so much for bringing that to our audience. Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of MK, you can go to her website. It's authoryourambition.com and you can see what she's all about there. We're also, of course, going to have our social media links in the show notes. And oh, so one thing was, what can they get on your website? What's what's available for them there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for my website, you can find the direct link to my YouTube. You can find all my books about self-publishing, book marketing, um, distribution, just a full workbook to walk you through the whole thing. Um, I have some free email courses as well you can sign up for. So it's kind of a nice hub of all the resources I've put together. I think the best way to engage with me, uh, I'm the most active on YouTube um, in terms of I'm posting there, answering questions there. Um, so you can always find me there. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, MK. Hey, thanks guys for tuning in today. And I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks a lot. Bye. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. If you love today's show, please consider leaving me a review on the Apple Podcast app so other coaches can find the podcast. For more information about me, visit SuccessfulCoaches.com. For daily inspiration and affirmations, follow me on Instagram at Coach Cheryl Thacker. Be sure to send me a DM so I can say hello. Until next time, to your success.